We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Happy Friday out there. June 16, 2023. Welcome in to the Gabe Coon Show. I am Gabe Coon, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on Twitter at G underscore Coon. 71. I am your host, alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That would be Connor Dunning on Twitter at CDunning929. So, Connor, we have a uh, Friday news dump, huh? Yes, we do. Did it accomplish anything? Like, honestly, did it accomplish anything waiting? No. <laughs> I, think, I, don't, I don't think it did either. We just got to see Michael Malone drunk for a day, and then, then they dropped the, the news on John Morant. 25-game suspension. You can only assume that's where we're starting. And what a lot of the show is going to be about. We're going to talk with Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock from the Daily Memphian. He's a columnist. And from the Jeff Calkins Show, 9 to 11. He's gotten to discuss it. Drew Hill at 6 o'clock. Daily Memphian takeover today. Grizzlies beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. But that's what most of the show is going to be about. John Morant, 25-game suspension, and then unstated conditions regarding a return to play, according to the NBA, according to Adam Silver. Wild stuff. Wild stuff. I think it's relatively heavy-handed, but it is what it is. Now, on top of that, we will hop into the Blitz around 6.30. Carson Wentz trying to make a return to the NFL. That should be fun. We'll see. I don't know if he's a starter anymore, but he certainly could be a backup for somebody. And also, on the NFL front, Bills canceled their final minicamp practice uh, yesterday, just days after the Stephon Diggs fiasco. And that, that's just so bizarre in a lot of ways. Um, bottom of this hour, um, after we get through a lot of the jaw talk and uh, try to try to get the answers to the questions that, that will come up here in the next week or so with the NBA Players Association, um, if jaw can get back into the facilities, even though he's had that indefinite suspension from the Grizzlies facilities, uh, after we get those, try to answer those questions, we're going to uh, get into who says no, Grizzlies offseason edition. Connor, what kind of what, what kind of targets are we looking at? Royce O'Neal will be one. DFS will DFS. be one. We'll talk a little DeMar DeRozan, Caruso possibility. Oh, okay. We'll go over what an OG package would look like in, in a few more. In a few more. We're gonna have any McCall, or we're gonna stay away from. I McCall? just I just don't think it's realistic. I just I don't think he's gonna. I, the Nets aren't looking to move off of him. They're just not. They're looking to trade, just not that guy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, the report was four first rounders, four first rounders and a player. To go get him, and they said no. So he's he's a young player, two way potential. They want they want to keep him along for the ride for a rebuild. Now, John Morant, twenty five game suspension, unstated conditions regarding a return to play, which is concerning. Um, what 
the NBA and Adam Silver's statement said was prior to his return to play, John Morant will be required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstances that led him to repeat this destructive behavior, of course, waving a gun two times in a three-month period. I'm confused by that. Um, I think when you look at the amount of games and, and the punitive action here, it is relatively heavy-handed. We don't have to lie about it. You were guessing 15 to 25, Connor. I was in the 20 to 25 range. It was our peak. It was our peak. Um, and ultimately, we don't have precedent for this in the past. This is setting the precedent, right? This is not a law that's been broken. This is conduct detrimental to the NBA. And ultimately, I think the reason that Adam Silver was so heavy-handed with this punishment, with this suspension, is because John Morant is who he expects to be a future face of the league with LeBron James and Steph Curry and all these guys, age, KD, all aging. So he wants to hold him to a higher standard. Now, what will the NBA Players Association think about that is a different discussion. Do they think that's fair? Does Ja think that's fair? Do the Grizzlies think that's fair? Grizzlies put out a very yeoman, I mean, just a normal statement. We accept the penalty that has been levied to Ja Morant, and they, they sort of put it at that. Uh, ja put a statement out. And, Connor, what did you think of Ja's statement? I, 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 I enjoyed it. it. It felt like it was actually, to a certain extent, Ja trying to put it out. Not not just a PR person. It felt like they tried to put a personal touch on it. It was better than the first statement. Yes. Hell yeah. For well, sure. The, the, the supposed chat GPT statement. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I thought it was a good statement. He took responsibility for it. He apologized, I think, to the right people. Um, some may not think he needs to apologize, but I thought that it was pretty nice that he you know, talked to the kids and talked about how he understands his role yeah. and what it is in the M- NBA and things like that. So, no, I thought it was a good one. I thought it was good. He said, and I'm going to read the whole thing, I've had time to reflect and I realize how much hurt I've caused. I want to apologize to the NBA, the Grizzlies, my teammates in the city of Memphis, to Adam Silver, Zach Kleiman, and Robert Para, who gave me the opportunity to be a professional athlete and have supported me. I'm sorry for the harm I've done. To the kids who look up to me, I'm sorry for failing you as a role model. I promise I'm going to be better to all my uh, sponsors. I'm going to be a better representation of our brands. By the way, sidebar, Nike's standing right by him, saying he's owned his mistakes and they're going to they're gonna be by him through the process. And I know a lot of people were speculating about Nike. Now back to the statement. And to all my fans, I'm going to make it up to you. I promise I'm spending the offseason and my suspension, continuing to work on my own mental health and decision-making. I'm also going to be training, so I'm ready to go when I can be back on the court. I know my teammates are going to hold it down, and I'm so sorry I won't be out there with you at the beginning of the season. I hope you'll give me the chance to prove to you over time I'm a better man than what I've been showing to you. So hopefully, I know words and statements can fall on deaf ears at times, considering the actions of John Morant, but hopefully this is a a massive wake-up call, and it should be. I mean, the first time around, considering he he lost out on $40 million worth of a contract, um, a Supermax contract by missing out on All-NBA, that should have been a wake-up call. Um, But it didn't necessarily resonate that way. Um, but Brian Windhorst pointed this out. Now we're talking about a $50 million loss of money over time now for John Morant, considering he's not going to be able to be an all-NBA player next year either. And per game that he misses, that's $304,000 per game he misses. So this time around, he's got to feel it. He's got to feel it. There's no way in the world that you can just look at this and not sort of see the punitive action and see 
what this is causing you to lose out on if you're John Moran. He's got to get right. I know he still makes a whole lot of money, but he, he has got to get on the straight and narrow. And the NBA Players Association has already pushed back, Connor, which I, I find sh- not strange because I, I get, like, they say 25 games and there's unspecified conditions. But I find it strange that we delayed this announcement as long as we did. Adam Silver and the NBA. And Adam Silver didn't take it up with them and let them know what those conditions were and how many games. Like, there was no, it feels like there was no dialogue. And we delayed it all the way to this Friday. Why was there no dialogue in that, in that time? That's just strange to me. Yeah, I'm not. It, esca- it escapes sort of the new age Adam Silver NBA and his playbook. Yeah, I'm not fully convinced that the Players Association didn't know like I feel like he communicated it with them, and they may have disag- They may have been like, "Hey, you can put this out, and we're going to publicly disagree with it." And he was like, "Fine, we can discuss it later." But I feel like he told them that this was what the suspension was going to be because they had the statement ready. It didn't take a long time for them to get the statement out. I, I would be surprised if there weren't wasn't any dialogue between the two. I think the biggest questions that I think people are having today are or frustrations people are having today is we were hoping that we would know what the future looked like for right. John Morant after today, that all of the information was going to come out and we would understand what it was going to look like for the next few months. And we unfortunately have more questions than we do answers today. Yeah. So Tamika Tremaglio put out, she's the executive director of the NBA Players Association. She put out a statement. Jaws expressed his remorse and accepted responsibility for his actions. And we support him unequivocally as he does whatever is necessary to represent himself our players, and our league in the best possible light as to the discipline imposed, which keeps him off the court until December and requires some unstated conditions to be met before he can return. We believe it is excessive and inappropriate for a number of reasons, including the facts involved in this particular incident, and that it is not fair and consistent with past discipline in our league. We will support Ja all options, uh, with all options and next steps. Um, See, like, I, I see why they have to push back on this because the fact that you have unstated conditions on a return to play, the NBA can play that however they want. He could serve the 25 games, and then if he has not served those conditions, if he has not gone through the steps theoretically to get back to the floor, they could hold him off the floor. So the NBA Players Association certainly has to push back on that. Yeah, we need to make to, sure. I, I feel like that it needs to be known what those are. Like, what are those checkpoints going to be? Because. You know, this could also be another instance of Adam Silver, though, making something seem like it's a big deal when it really isn't. Because it, to me, it seems like that the whole we've gathered new information or whatever stuff he was talking about during right. the NBA Finals about why this was taking longer than it should have. It turned out to be a seems like a whole bunch of nothing if the the cap of the suspension yeah, was twenty five. So you know, those things may be very easy for him to accomplish. To be honest, I'm not really worried about him serving the suspension time and not hitting those checkpoints, I feel like that they're going to kind of be built in. But, I just, that would, that but seems. But when it's unspecified that way, sure. you have to make sure it's specified so yes. we know the return to play conditions so you can't on the back end tell us, well, he can't, he no. can't return, he hasn't done this, he hasn't done this. I agree with that. I just don't think there's any world in which the NBA would keep Jaw off the court no, I understand. for any longer. It's, it's better if he's on the floor, but you still – from a from a legal standpoint, have yeah. to go through that and understand the exact terminology of it, so you don't get surprised right. on the back end. It was it was surprising that they didn't have those things listed out already. Like if you have them, then why not go ahead and list them, and why not go ahead and give them to the players? Um, with this statement, do you think this is going to be an appeal? 
Yes. I, th- I don't think you can talk this tough and have this type of statement on Jaw's behalf and not fight right. at least a little bit. Right. You would come down looking soft. And I think ultimately, and we talked about this before the show, Connor, this could be a win-win-win. It's a win-win-win, baby. This it could, could be. be. It Adam could be. Silver has imposed a 25-game suspension. He has come down tough. He has said this is not going to be accepted if it happens again. This could be a half season, full season. This is a massive suspension for something that was not a law. You didn't break the law. Um, it was just conduct detrimental to the NBA. So he comes down looking tough where a lot of people go after him for being soft on the players. Um, the NBA Players Association can appeal and make it look as if they're fighting really hard against the NBA um, and obviously, I think the appellate process does not go. It's not like the NFL used to be, where it's judge, jury, executioner would be Adam Silver or Roger Goodell in the NFL's case. This, this actually, I think it's an arbitrator. Um, but they could get this this fight against it. They look good, like they're supporting their player. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And then uh, John Morant ultimately could get 25 reduced to 17, 16, whatever it may be. It could be a win all around for all parties if they do appeal it and then they get a, a reduction in games. Yeah, I agree, you know. And that's why I'm curious what the players are the most upset about. Like what the what what the players association is the most upset about because if I had to guess, it's that a a precedent would be set with this suspension in which a law was not broken, but money was directly affected. Yes. And I feel like that is what they probably have a bigger issue with. I to be honest, I think that they want to support Ja, and I think that it is about, you know, Ja has shown remorse. 25 feels like a lot when it, when 8 was the first one. It, he's not going to be able to be – he's probably not going to be able to be an all-star because of this. He's definitely not going to be able to be awards. It's, it hurts his money. He's losing a lot of money next season after he already got a pretty substantial fine. But ultimately, I think that they're like, we need to make sure that this doesn't set a precedent to where they yeah. can suspend people for non – Law, law-breaking offenses. That's that's what I think this is ultimately going to come down to, which is why my hope is, my hope as a Grizzlies fan, is they knock this down to like and 16 or 17. My other question, too, if I'm the NBA Players Association, how much does Josh Stardom play into this? And is that right, fair? Right, right. Right, like, cause that that's part of, that, that, that's got to be part of the conversation here. Like, if this was Jordan McLaughlin, like, is he getting a 25-game suspension for, for similar acts? Like how did how would you go about it if it was him? Because um, I do think that again, like the, the the way this has been put out there, the way that that Adam Silver's gone about it, it, it does seem as if Ja is held to a different standard. And I think he should be because he is one of the faces of the NBA's future. Um, but also, I think I, I truly think the NBA Players Association is uncomfortable with the wording of those conditions. Prior to his return to play, John Morant will be required to formulate and fulfill a program with the league that directly addresses the circumstances that led him to repeat this destructive behavior. Nothing specified. 
Like that's uncomfortable. You just you 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 have to fight and push back against that type of wording because again, on the back end, they could they could surprise you, keep him off the floor if he doesn't meet all the checklist items. Now, I'm not overly concerned about that because the NBA wants him to get back on the floor, but the NBA Players Association has to make sure that they're they're fighting back against just sort of the, right. the vague right. vagueness of the whole. It's thing. just this this case is so nuanced because there it's not just about John Moran. Like it is going to be about every player that gets suspended yep. after John. It's go it's just going to be. It's going to set a precedent for for non law breaking offenses. Yep. It's going to set a precedent with the new rules with the sixty five games for awards. It's going to set a precedent with gun stuff in the NBA as well. Yep. That is one thing that is happening here. This is going to be the NBA making a statement on guns, whether they like it or not. That is what this is going to be. And at the end of the day, the Second Amendment is, exists. So you can't slam that too hard because, you know, it's just there are a lot of things going on. So I appreciate that the Players Association came out and said and I think that we always thought that this was a possibility to happen. And, you know, I know it's this is kind of an apples to oranges situation, but our, our friend Sean Coleman pointed out that O'Neal got a 25-game suspension for Jermaine the Malice. O'Neal. Yeah, he got a 25 for the Malice in the Palace, and they knocked that down to, I think, 18 or yeah. 15, one of the two. So may, it, it has worked in the past where an appeal has happened. I, I believe that he has 30 days to appeal it. And if I, I think that Bobby Marks put this out there. I don't think that the Players Association can appeal. I think it has to be Jaw's decision to appeal. So I think that's why they may be working with him to see if he wants to it's decide. It's ultimately to both of them. But ultimately yeah. it's going to be both. But I think it has to come from him. Yes, like he's got to be the one that makes the decision ultimately. Right. I understand that. But I, I, we'll see. We'll see. And, and I, one of the biggest questions that I still don't have an answer to that no one seems to have an answer to at this moment is can he be near the facility How's this going to work? Is he going to be able to play preseason if this is 25 regular season games? There's so many things that are unspecified. I thought we were going to have full clarity when we came in today, Connor. And I feel like there's still so many answers we need. If he's not on, like, with his teammates throughout the offseason, if he's not able to uh, get to the facility, that could be a hard sort of re- regrouping process when he finally serves the 25 games and gets back on the floor. Right. That could be uncomfortable. Yeah. It's just, I. It's it's annoying for for Grizzlies fans right now. I understand it because it just I don't understand how there are so many questions right now. Yep. They needed to be much more clear about the stipulations Especially for the suspension. After all this damn time yes. has passed. You let when all you this made time it a big pass. when you make it a big deal. I, that's about, where I'm at. I'm about so, stretching the process. You have to be clear and concise Adam when Silver, the suspension comes out. Adam Silver. It was is, a misstep. Yeah. It just was. We don't need. I don't need to get a suspension tweet and then five more tweets from Shams having to clarify things. That's ridiculous. We should know what's happening with John Morant's suspension today. It, it, it's. I understand the appeal thing. That's a whole different situation. But the fact that we don't know if he's allowed to be with the team privately, we know he can't be with them publicly. That makes full sense. But we don't know if he's allowed to be at the facility. That's the fact that that's still a question mark is ridiculous. Yeah. And does Jaws' team know about the stipulations and conditions and the, those unstated conditions? Right. It's just. Good God. Good God. I thought, I thought with all this time that has passed, Adam Silver had plenty of opportunities to, to get with all the parties involved and sort of agree to something, and it feels like there's going to be disagreements along the way. Now, I understand the NBA Players Association has to stand up for themselves and their players, um, but I just feel like this could have been done throughout the process, right? Like, I... Yeah, I have a problem with, with like, okay... Not like you didn't have time. That's what I'm saying. I, I just wish you could have done this... The, during the lead-up, between the incident and now. <laughs> it's just, 
It's so strange. It's so strange and, and very confusing. Well, because it feels like, you know, when, when, when the announcement came out that it was 25 games, I think both, both of us were like, okay, 25 is the high of what we thought it could yep. possibly be, but it's still within the range that we thought it could be. It didn't touch Miles Bridges. I'm okay with it. Five games under Miles Bridges. And it's optics-wise. It's it's a little too damn close. We have stated multiple times, Miles Bridges should have gotten way more than 30 games. Don't think he should be in the NBA period anymore. That's a whole different conversation, though. And let's be honest here, does not matter to Ja. Like, it just doesn't. Like, him not touching Miles Bridges, the Miles Bridges thing doesn't matter anymore. That's a whole conversation you can have. The optics there are ridiculous. He should have gotten more than 30 games. That situation now no longer has anything to do with John Morant because that cap is at 25. Yep. Now, um, I don't think this 25-game suspension, if it stays there, especially if it gets lightened, this shouldn't change any plans for the Grizzlies going into the offseason. No, 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 no. None. If they're going to trade and go find that Dylan Brooks replacement using Tyus, using Luke Kennard, go ahead and do it. If if you're going to get... Go look at the free agent market. Try to sign somebody even for the mid-level exception. You should still go do that. But point being, don't try and let a short-term suspension affect your long-term future. I still, I still am there. 25 games does not change that for me, even though I do think it's relatively heavy-handed. Right. The last two seasons, Ja has missed 50 games. Now, when you say that on the surface, you're like, okay, great. The Grizzlies are going to be – they're definitely going to be fine. There are a few things of context that need to be added to that statement, though. Yes, Ja has missed 50 games over the last two seasons. Yes, they have been the two seed the last two seasons. But Tyus Jones, they've had big, Tyus. Tyus Jones <laughs> yes. is a big part of that team. Yes. Also, Brandon Clark was a big part of that mm-hmm. team. Those are two pieces that may not be there at the beginning of next season. We definitely know Brandon Clark's not going to be there. Tyus is kind of up in the air right now. But- so, if we're going to have those conversations, I think that people need to. To be to have to be genuine conversations about what they're going to look like without John Morant next season. For twenty-five, you games. have to include that Tyus Jones may not be there. But I'll be damned if you let twenty-five games also keep you out that. of a championship yeah. contention window. I, I think agree. That with would that. be foolish. Mm-hmm. Now we have some plans. We have we have some things that we can uh, discuss here on the other side. We're going to play Who Says No Grizzlies Off Season Edition. We have some targets. Connor's put together some trade scenarios, and we'll say Who Says No, and do we like it for the Grizzlies ultimately? Do we like these trades for the Grizzlies? Royce O'Neal will be involved, Dorian Finney-Smith, Alex Caruso, and DeMar DeRozan. It'll be fun. Let's do that on the other side on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Keep trying to tell me All you want to do is use me. Buying an engagement ring and planning an engagement is so damn important and it's hard and it's complicated. It can be intimidating at time times, but Robert Irwin Jewelers handles everything for you. And and Robert Irwin Jewelers is the best place to buy an engagement ring. And why? First of all, peace of mind. They have the meant to be guarantee. You buy your loose diamond custom-made engagement ring at Robert Irwin Jewelers, you have a year, 365 days to return it. If things go bad, if you don't like it, if, if, you're, if your significant other doesn't like it. Um, they also have more choices in every budget. They have the largest selection of natural diamonds and lab-grown diamonds. So you have options. And designing that engagement ring is risk-free, and it's easy. Every single diamond engagement ring mounting 
at Robert Irwin Jewelers is fully customizable to accommodate the center diamond size, shape, metal color of your choice. And you can make an engagement ring from a picture. From a picture. You take a picture of what you like. You draw a picture of what you like, and they will do it for you. And they also uh, have a 3D printer in there, so you can know what you're getting before you actually get it. Howie and his family do such a great job, and they've been choosing engagement rings for the Mid-South for 40 years. He knows exactly what we like, and their rings, these engagement rings, you won't see them anywhere else. They're the biggest, brightest diamonds, and they are all for you. Less stress, also, and a comfortable atmosphere. Diamond shopping at Robert Irwin Jewelers is not intimidating. It's it's a purchase for a life-changing event. They know that, so they're there. No dumb questions, so ask those questions. Take your time. And right now, during the Summer of a Thousand Engagement Sale, ask now and pay later. 24-month, no interest, and take up to 60 months to pay with low APR. And for a limited time, buy one, one wedding band and get the second one half off. Already married, though, uh, already have an engagement ring, and you just want to upgrade it, now's the time to do that, too. Get over to Robert Irwin Jewelers. Six locations, including one on Burton's Extended, or you can go online at rijewelers.com. Bigger, brighter diamonds, better prices. Robert Irwin Jewelers. Now, one more thing on the jaw discussion before we get to Who Says No, Grizzlies offseason edition. Some targets, and we have some trade packages that we've put together. Um, The NBA Players Association obviously seems to want to push back on this. There's going to be likely, I feel like, there's going to be an appellate process. Um, But was there an amount of games, considering this is not a law-breaking offense, and the precedent could be pretty substantial based on that, was there a number do you, that you think the NBA Players Association would have butted out and just accepted? I think it would have, would have had to be like 15. Like double the first one? Yeah. I think it would have had to be doubled the first one without where automatically could, taking him out of the All-NBA yeah. and award stuff. Okay. So 17 games? 17 games is right on that line. Right. I just think it's tricky because ultimately you're going to set a precedent for guys going forward who just – tarnish their own image and tarnish the image of the NBA, right. even without breaking a law. Well, like, that's a tough precedent to set. And something that we've seen the NBA do this season numerous times, it, it's not just with Ja, it happened with Draymond Green, it happened with Dylan, it happened with Kyrie, is people are being suspended because of their past as well. It's not just the one incident. Yep. They have started su- suspending people for their... Multiple incidents. For multiple, multiple incidents. They're holding their entire, you know, careers, history. basically. Yep. Yeah, history against people. So, yeah, it's... it's uh, I just I, I can't help but feel like he fumbled it a little like the NBA fumbled it a little bit out and Silver f- fumbled it a little bit like I feel like that they nailed a number that people would have been okay with if they had just given the specifications of everything else I just it's that easy they, it was they, that easy they threw the twenty five games out there and like I said in the in the in the forefront like before this came down if you're going to go over twenty games and and be relatively heavy handed you're going to have to explain that. And I didn't, there was no explanation. It was just, here's 25 games, unspecified conditions. This is what we're, this is what we're laying out there. For you, what's the most important thing, or I guess not most important thing, but what do you want to find out more? Do you want to find out what the specifications are? I want to know the what the checklist or because do you, Think about Kyrie's checklist. For, so, actually, when right? you were talking about that in the break, um, I went to go see if the Players Association said anything when that happened. They were, and Garrett Temple... And uh, CJ McCollum were like, we accept it. Yeah. They just they, but that was also a very very different situation to where did he I, he had like a it wasn't a he had to, suspension he, a long suspension it was, or did he, he got suspended he until 
Well, his suspension was basically indefinite. here's this checklist here, yeah. indefinite here, and here's this checklist of things. Which Anthony Sane, our good friend, had suggested that that may have been what the NBA did, where they may have said Jaws' suspension is indefinite and here's a checklist of things. I would have been okay with that too, but I think that they had to put a number on it for media people not to lose their minds. Did you see what Stephen A. said today? What he said? He was like, "I don't believe you, Jaw. I don't believe you, Jaw." And it's like, "Shut up, Stephen A. You thought he was going to get a whole freaking year." Yeah, we're talking about half years and everything else right. on that show, right? Consistently. All right, now let's move on from this because we have an offseason that's going to be let's very interesting fun. for the Grizzlies, and we need to get to who says no. Let's see. Let's see here. Who says no? What kind of packages have you put together, Connor okay. Dunning? So my question for you is how do you want to go on this journey? Do you want to start with the, the least likely I think that could happen or the most likely I think that could happen? Let's just, let's just mix them in. Let's mix, let's is go, mix let's, them let's, in. Let's go oh, most likely. Geez. How about this? You're going to tell on yourself anyway if you go most likely to least likely. Let's go most likely to least likely. Let's most likely to least likely. Okay, then I'm going to start with the one that we've talked about a few times this week. It's the one that I think I am all in on. It's the one that if I had to put money down today on a bet of who, which Nets player I, we were going to get, because I think that there's a strong possibility that they get one of those four guys, I think it's going to be Royce O'Neal. I just, I really do. Mm-hmm. I think that he matches what the Grizzlies are looking for. I think his price isn't going to be too much. So here's the trade. Royce O'Neal in 22 for Tyus in 25. Whew. Clean cut. Easy. Bang. Who says no? I don't think anybody says no. I don't think anybody says Why no Why would either. anybody say no? The Nets need a point. They need a guy. Tyus Jones could be that guy. With a young team, he's, a, he's, a, he's still relatively young, but he's a vet. He could really distribute the ball to all of their young pieces. Um, the, the picks don't really matter here. I just think you're filling needs on both teams. Now, obviously, the Grizzlies are going to miss Tyus for 25 games if it ends up being 25 games for John Morant. But I am fully on board with Royce O'Neal to the Grizzlies. Like, that seems very realistic. And the Nets have four guys that sort of are in their big wings. They're big wings. Mikal Bridges, uh, Cam Johnson, DFS, and and Royce O'Neal. All defensive-minded wings. Get rid of one of them. Give one of them away, right? And Royce O'Neal's 30. There's a lot of reasons to like his game because – he shoots 38% from three in his entire career. Um, he only shoots throughout his career five field goal attempts per game, so you're completely escaping the, the Dylan Brooks experience altogether on the offensive end. Um, and you see the efficiency is, is a little bit better. Um, defensively, he can run around, chase people. And here's the other part of this. Royce O'Neal, in my opinion, 30 years old, good locker room guy, I know that I have said in the past I think it's overrated to just bring in vets to bring in vets, but I think this is the type of vet that the Grizzlies could use and and potentially need, Um, and he doesn't cost that much. There's a lot of upside to Royce O'Neal. I know people sort of poo-poo the idea because he's not an exciting guy. It's sort of like drafting a right tackle or a guard in the first (laughs) round of the NFL draft, but I think it brings that starting lineup together when Ja gets back from suspension. I like it a lot, and I don't think either side would say no to that particular deal. I mean, this is a guy who, for his entire career, has played on winning teams. He play, he starts almost every single game, and here is his three-point shooting over his career. He's, his rookie year, he shot 35%. Then he shot 38%, 38%, 38%, 39%, and 39%. Talk about consistency. And sh- you know that you're going to get three-point shooting from Royce O'Neal. You know that you're going to get wing defense from Royce O'Neal. 
what are the Grizzlies looking for? Somebody that can hit the corner three and wing defense. Bang. And also, what were we talking about with Dylan Brooks? If you just take five less shots a game, you could be that perfect guy for this for this Grizzlies starting lineup. Royce O'Neal does not take shots. The he most want he's to. ever and, taken. And, and, but is the eight. thing is, cl- clearly from the three point line, he can stretch the floor. He helps you space the floor in the half court, and they have to respect his three point ball where they did not respect Dylan. You saw it against the Lakers. They just had a roamer. They didn't care about Dylan from the three point line. Shoot that, brother. You got it. Royce O'Neal has to. He does demand some respect from the three point line very clearly throughout his career. He's shown it. I I really think. Again, we've talked about. Reaching for OG Ananobi and Macau Bridges and Cam Johnson and landing on DFS and Royce O'Neal. I think this is very realistic, and I really think the, the front office should give thought to it. Speaking of OG, let's go ahead and jump there. We'll be back to the Nets. We'll be back to the Nets, but I wanted to switch it up a little bit because you mentioned OG here. Here is what an OG trade would probably look like. All right. This is what it would probably look like Tyus Zaire for first for OG. Who says no? <sighs> You want to take a big swing, right? And I get it. And a lot of people have latched themselves on to, to OG and the Grizzlies. And, oh, he's the perfect guy. Very efficient from the three-point line. Uh, can do a little bit on the offensive end, getting off the dribble. And he's a great defender, all-NBA defender. Um, I think the Grizzlies should say no to this. And there's a couple reasons. Four first-rounders and Tyus and Z sort of puts you in a weird spot. You're going to have to sort of rebuild the roster, retool the roster, find a way. And I think ultimately bringing in OG, as good as he is, as good as he is, and as well as I think he could fill that role, in a couple of years when you're dealing with an extension, you're going to have to pay near the max, at or near the max. You're just you're handcuffing yourself in a lot of ways when you extend OG and you have John on contract, you have Jaron on contract, you have Desmond Bain at or near a max. I just think it could get complicated monetarily. And with the new CBA kicking in, um, that luxury tax blanket making you a little more uncomfortable, you could lose your mid-level exception. I, I just think you need to be careful making that trade. I, I understand how well he could fill that role, but I, I just think you need to be a lot more careful with bringing in a guy like that. And what is he? Does he? Would, will he accept? What is your thought on this? Do you think he'd accept his role as the number four on this team? I think if he got traded to a team like the Grizzlies, at first he would be all smiles, and he would be like, hey, I'm here, I want to win, I want to do this thing, let's make it happen. Ultimately, I I do not think he would be okay with his role here because at most he would be the fourth option. He's going to be the fourth option. They already have three pillars. They got three all-star level guys already. OG's OG's a great, great player. I don't know if he's all-star level player, but he's a great player. that would have to be the fourth option on the Grizzlies, and I just don't know if he's going to be okay with that. And there's also no guarantee that that trade package that you're talking about is what Masai Ujiri would ultimately so, take. I knew you were going to say that. The flo- the, and that's why I added Z to it. I had to add Zaire to it. And I agree with you. I don't think the Grizzlies are going to give up that much for him. I think that the Grizzlies would say, here's four first and ties for OG, yes or no. And if they say no, they're going to be like, peace. Because I, I, I just de- having to deal with him, OG already being shaky about his role up there, and we know he's going to have money coming up. And if we want, if we really want to be honest about it, completely, p- complete honesty about this, okay? When you go and you look at OG's stats, they're not that di- different than Dylan. They're just not. They're not. They're just not that but, different. More efficient from the three-point line. Though. Sure. A little bit more efficient from the three-point line. But he's worse at defense. And it's like, 
So what you get with OG, you still lose a little bit too. So I just don't know if it's a big enough of a difference from Dylan. And I, I fear that you would have the same issues with OG sometimes as you had with Dylan about him taking too many shots. I'm worried about pecking order and money here mm-hmm. when it comes to OG. I, I, I said it yesterday, and I may be one of the only ones in Memphis that, that's here, but I'm sort of out on the OG trying to deal with Masai Ujiri Raptors situation. I, I just think it. I think too many things could go bad. <laughs> Right, like too many things could work against you when it's all said and done, and I, I don't think the Grizzlies need to handcuff themselves like that. Um, I, I, I'm all for offloading as many assets as you can for the right guy, mm-hmm. um, but I still think even if you have OGN and Obi on this roster, it's like, can you can you guarantee that he's going to one accept his role, and can you guarantee that that's going to lead you over the top and get you into a championship window, into championship contention? I. I don't know. I, I just, I'm not there on OG any, any anymore. I just feel like the price is a little too steep, and then you're gonna have to pay on the back end, which would make it uncomfortable and tie the Grizzlies' hands up a little bit. Finding out that they said no to four first for him at the deadline changed my whole opinion on the situation. I think because I would have been perfectly fine with that. I thought I think that it would have made a ton of sense for the Grizzlies at the time, and. But I don't know, man. I feel like that if you had to add Tyus to that deal, it's just a little bit too much for me. Okay, we're gonna jump back to the Nets here. So. We're going to talk about DFS. There are three potential ways that the Grizzlies could pull off a DFS trade. I'm going to go through all of them, okay? Yep. We're going to start with the first one. Simple. DFS for Tyus and the Warriors pick. Who says no? Uh, I I don't think I'd say no to that. I, don't, I, don't, I think both sides could be pretty comfortable with that. I don't think, considering what's on that roster for the Nets, they hold DFS in some high regard. Right, like I don't think they're they're all that attached to him. In fact, there was a report today out there that said that they have been fielding trade calls for DFS and and for Royce O'Neal. I don't think either side would necessarily say no to this. Um, I like it. I like it ultimately, and I think DFS is just the younger version, uh, maybe a little bit more explosive because he's younger than than Royce O'Neal. Like that's what he is. Agreed. Maybe um, a little more expensive too. Agree with you. I don't know if they if the Nets would accept this deal. Yeah, I think that the Nets, not enough value. I think that they want two first. I think that they want the picks for DFS. That's what it kind of sounds like. I don't know if they're, they're loud. So, aren't they loud? I mean, what's their pick situation exactly? I mean, they don't have many. Yes, <laughs> but like, yeah, they just they just don't have. I mean, you know. So it's. I feel like, I feel like that they would that Tyus would certainly get you closer with the Warriors pick. I just don't know if that's going to be enough. Tyus could be a value to, to that do team. it. Which but, is why, but again, it's like, do they want to compete? Right. Going which into the which next is why the other one, it's it's just it's the same deal as the Royce one. The money works out the same way. DFS twenty two for Tyus and twenty five. Who says no? Say it again. DFS and twenty two for Tyus and twenty five. Who says no? Oh my gosh, I mean, it's just a a pick swap, and I think the Nets say no. So I think the Nets say no to that. I mean, there's no there's a... now. <laughs> The first one, they're they're not they're not giving up any draft capital. Right. So, like, I think they'd be more likely to take that. You say they'd say no to that. They'd certainly yes. say no to swapping. Things. So, here's one that I think may have some more potential. DFS. Now, this is where it gets tricky. It hinges on a D- Dylan Brooks sign and trade. Okay. So it'd be DFS sign and trade DB two first. Who says no? I I don't see why either would say no. I, I think that's the perfect one. Agreed. I think that's the perfect one. Because Dylan Brooks wants to get out. You find him a new spot. I don't know how the Nets would value, though, Dylan Brooks in the end of the day. Like, that's the tricky part. 
they're 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 lousy with large defensive wings. Like they have a bunch of them. So like you wonder, but the two first definitely probably brings it over the top. Like and if, that that certainly helps. And from the Grizzlies' angle, you're really just giving up two first because you're losing yeah, Dylan. Yeah, you're anyway. not worried about Dylan. You're not, lo- you're you're not, not worried, worried about, about Dylan. Him. You're not worried about Dylan at all. Um, and I think DFS would be a great great addition. Hits the corner three, really good at chasing around shooters, really good defender on the perimeter, can switch. I it, it, it's it's a good fit. But that one that one makes the most sense of the three you just posed. I agree. I'd have to say. Now the one that I think that the Nets would accept is one that I don't think the Grizzlies would do, which is why I didn't include it, which would be Tyus in two first. I just don't think that that's going to happen. That's too, I, that, that's that too feels much, like a lot. That's too much. It's too much value. But in the end of the day, like how can we have a real conversation about how much you value these firsts? I don't at all. It's they're in the twenties. Theoretically, I guess the Warriors, if they stink, which they probably won't, like it could be a little higher, but these are late first round picks. First round think, picks like, are good. I, but you're in a championship window. They don't matter right now. You're not, you're not, if making I'm these, offloading these pick, you're not trying not, to make these picks. I'm not worried about offloading multiple. Right. Like my roster is a certain way. I don't want to just keep bringing in rookies. And like, I, I don't think, based on what we've been hearing from Zach Klein, what we heard from him in exit interviews, he doesn't really value them all that much. He don't want to quadruple down on youth. So I, yeah, right. if if it has to come, to, if it comes down to those picks, and you're you're getting stuck on giving up one or two, I think you should check yourself. <laughs> like I, I, that's all I'm saying. All right, let's have fun. Let's, let's have do fun. Let's I go. don't I don't think wild. this one's really likely, but it's a ton of fun. And if it happened, I'm doing backflips. So this once again hinges on a Dylan Brooks sign and trade. Okay, which is tricky, but it could possibly happen. Tyus sign and trade Dylan two first Zaire, Alex Caruso, Demar Derozan. Who says no? Mm. I think ultimately the Bulls would say no to that. Really? I, 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 I guess the two first could get – I mean, but again, the value in those picks is just not enough to really – you're taking in Z and Dylan and I would assume and, and one Tyus. of them is the Warriors pick. Okay. I still think that – I still think the Bulls want a lot more value out of a guy like Tamar DeRozan if they're going to trade him. He's a, he's a great player. He's fantastic. I would love that for the Grizzlies. I would love that for the Grizzlies because Dylan is sort of Nolan Void. Like you're not even worried about the, the sign and trade possibility there. He just adds value to a trade, salary matching. Um, but I think if you're the Bulls, you need to get more out of Demar Rosen and who he is. He's fantastic. He's great in the mid range. Obviously not a three point shooter, but he's a 23, 24, 25, 26 point per game scorer. He's great in that regard. I, I would love it for the Grizzlies. I just think the Bulls. It's it's a lot of value, and you're not. You're not getting back the value you you should you should need for a for a rebuild because if you make that trade, you're rebuilding. So if somebody yeah. came back to you, or if the Bulls came back to the Grizzlies and said you're close, what would you be willing to add? Another pick, Laravia. Another pick. What if they asked Roddy? You love sure. using Roddy. Sure, I guess sure. But then again, like I, I do, I, Demar. Is a great player. I just wonder he. I wonder how he'd fit with the Grizzlies. Oh, you he, beautifully. You think so? <laughs> yeah, dude. That mid-range game. Heck yeah. Yeah. And then you get Caruso as the, and then you solve your backup problem right there. And, Which and, is why and, and it's ultimately. I player. think this is a pipe dream though, because ultimately I think that Dylan says no. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he wants to go to Chicago. You know, I, I, I just I just don't feel like that's a landing spot. But yeah, I, I think you'd. Add, I think I would be willing to add Roddy. If the, if the Bulls came back and said that, then I don't think anybody says no. I think you could make that happen. Okay. Now, two 
potential trades have emerged today based on some of the things that the Boston Celtics have been saying. So let me run this one by you. Okay. It's not really – it's a bit different because we're not necessarily talking about a wing replacement player here. This is just kind of a, one that's been floated around in Celtics Twitter and, and, okay. and a few in Grizz Twitter have seen it. Tyus Jones, Warriors pick for Derek White. Who says no. Ooh. Whoa. 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 That just threw me for a loop, brother. I told you I was going to surprise yeah, you. Yeah, I knew you were going to surprise me with a couple more, but damn. Um – Oh my gosh! If Ty, I mean Tyus is like considering what the Celtics issues have been with handling the ball, turning the ball over, not having that main point guard, but they still trust Marcus Smart too much. Damn, Tyus could provide them a lot of value, a lot of value. He would spread the ball around better than they've been able to spread the ball around the past three years with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So, I think that's there. Derek White was really good this year, though. Very. Awesome from the three-point line. Better than he has ever been in his career. I think ultimately the Celtics say no to that. I don't know if Tyus provides enough more than Derek White for you to rationalize a sort of player-for-player there and only one pick. But no, I'd say the Celtics say no, but that would be an awesome trade. If if Zach Kleiman, if the front office could pull that off, that would be unbelievable for the Grizzlies. So I agree with you. I think the Celtics would say no, and here's why. In the rumors about Derek White today in the Celtics guards, they have been talking about how they do not that they feel like they have too many guards. So I don't think that they're going to take a guard back for Derek White. However, I have a another trade okay, for you that involves some Derek White action. I'm, our good friend Parker Fleming, he and I were talking about this, and he had a little bit of a, a change on the trade that might be able to make it happen. So we're getting a third team involved. We're getting three teams in here. We're oh, getting God. crazy. We're getting crazy. The Pistons would be involved. Okay. Okay. The Celtics get Bojan Bogdanovich. The okay. Grizzlies get Derek White. And the Pistons get Tyus Jones. Who says no? Okay. All right. So this is just player, player, player. Player, player, player. No picks. Money works. Do it one more time for me. Lay it out there. The Pistons get Tyus. Yep. Grizzlies get Derek White. Celtics get Bogdanovich. Oh, my. I think the Pistons say no. I agree. I think the Pistons say no. They they've hold the fact the fact that they've hold on held on to Bojan Bogdanovic this long tells me they value him and they just hired Monty Williams for an extended period of time. They like his shooting. They like how he stretches the floor. So I I don't think the Pistons are really in the mood to move Bogdanovic for for Tyus. Considering also the Pistons, what talking about Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham could have the ball in their hands like. They, they have guys that can sort of facilitate and get off the dribble. So I don't think they have a major need for Tyus, although he, Tyus could help just about every team in the NBA. Yes. Like I, I'm, I'm there with that, and I, I understand that thought process. But I think the Pistons say no. Only one I got left for you is pretty boring. It's one we kind of talked about yesterday. Just 25 for 17 with the Lakers. Oh, let's leave that one out. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? I think it might happen, though. I mean, sure. I actually think sure, that, that might, might happen. happen. But, like, uh, do I? Okay. Like, yeah, again. Lakers like, want to trade back. How much, want to trade How up. much should I be excited that you go from 25 to 17? Depends on the, the player. Draft? Like, how much should I be excited? It depends on the player. If Murray's okay. dropping, I'm pretty, pretty excited. I just don't think he will, though. He got an yeah. invite to the, to I mean, the green room. I, I don't know. 25 for 17. They, they, they'd have, to add, they'd have to add that second round. They'd have to add that second round pick, right? The Grizzlies, the Grizzlies probably. Yeah. yeah, they probably give them 25 and 45 Yeah, for, for 17. 17. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Though. This exercise, though, I think. It's fun. Well, but I think it also showed us something. 
Mm-hmm. I think that DFS and Roy are the most likely to happen. They make not, the most sense. You have to find guys that aren't necessarily valued massively by the franchise they're on right now, by right. the team they're on right now. And you have to find guys, realistically, that aren't going to cost you an arm and a leg and, and, and hurt you long term. Like, I think DFS and Royce make the most sense because they fit the need, they fit the bill, they're more efficient on the offensive end, they're great defensively, and they don't cost a bunch. And even when you get to an extension with them, you're not paying a bunch of money like you would with OG Ananobi or Mikal Bridges or Cam Johnson. Like, it just becomes more complicated with those bigger names. I don't think you need a big name. I think you just need someone who fits the damn description. The job description is to be a 3 and D guy. Get a 3 and D guy who's more efficient on the offensive end. It's, it's simple. It's, it's, and really, well, by more efficient, simple, we're just saying like theory, that doesn't take 12 shots. Yes. Just take like eight shots. And that's what Royce like does. Like Royce O'Neal, five shots, five shots a game, eight shots last year with the young Nets team. But five shots a game his entire career. I'm falling in love with the man. <laughs> DFS. I was right watching Royce like highlights DFS. last I like, night. I like Dorian Finney-Smith. I like too. him too. But they're so sim- they're similar players. Mm-hmm. One's younger than the other, though. All right, now uh, we'll talk about this, and we'll talk about the Jaw suspension on the other side. Jeff Cog is scheduled to join the show right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.